This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Get $25 off your plan or $25 off a new phone by going to laser.ting.com. And welcome to episode 279 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, and if you're one of the people who's been complaining about our lack of news and new release coverage, you might want to stay tuned for the final segment of this show when we get into some heavy shit. Who else is here in the half-in, half-out Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio, which shifts amorphously from week to week with me? 48 whole minutes of Chris Antista. <laughs> and... Uh, nervous freshman, Matthew Allen. And... Nobody. No one else. That's right. It's just the three of us this week. You got me excited. I was like, oh, do we have a surprise guest? It might Fuck be Steve. We don't he might him. wander in at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think if, if we're lucky, a, a third mic might show up in the form of Clippy. He talks, right? <laughs> Everybody have Microsoft Word open? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like you're trying to write something. Can I get right the fuck in front of you and block that? <laughs> I'm Clippy. That's what I do. I'm Clippy. You know, you shouldn't shouldn't use that many expletives in your last manifesto. <laughs> Looks mm. like you're writing a formal business letter. Do you want to say fuck fewer times? <laughs> Perhaps a, a different verb than fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Looks like my- you're struggling with the salutation. Might I suggest <laughs> dear sir instead of you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> Our algorithm has d- detected there's way too much nudity in your resume. <laughs> We don't know how. It's clearly all text, but... D- depends on what you're applying for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or not enough nudity. Uh, just way too many triple capital X- O's right next to one another. Uh, I'm applying for X-rated ASCII artists. <laughs> <laughs> this is my portfolio Game and says my you're resume. <laughs> so we've got a fun show for you. A nice reminder for those of you who are school age that it's time to go back to school. A lot of you probably already have. Honestly, I, I don't know what's up with school years. These days, like Matt, you you have a clear idea. You have kids, but yeah, they like, went back to school last week. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. when I when I was a kid, like first it was we'd go back to school in September, and then we'd go back to school the last week of August, and then we'd go back to school briefly in July, just so that we could have a weird thing where we realized our terrible stress dreams from Jeez. over the summer. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just making that up. But that's why we put up that laser time episode, which I want to thank everybody for contributing to, especially on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time about middle school horror stories, which ah, yes. was one of the longest episodes we've ever done and extended into bonus time just because like it was nice to see almost universally. We all had terrible middle school experiences and that might be what bonds us. Oh, but worst. some people didn't. I, I, it's fine. I hate to say, yeah, I I really loved middle school. Like, really? perhaps it's a signal of I Asshole. might have peaked then back then. I hate you. Middle school and high school were amazing, tremendous uh, years for me. Damn. I, yeah, Jesus I Christ. had a great time. But uh, I enjoyed hearing your stories of pain and suffering. I remember once walking down a hallway carrying an armload of books, and all of a sudden I hear like, "Hey, watch this!" And then this kid <laughs> fucking not just sweeps, but like fucking kicks me in the shins so hard that I fall over on my face. <laughs> And everything so, goes everywhere. <laughs> that is my middle school experience. Yeah. 
Like I became known as the guy who cried when you punched him in the stomach for no reason. Oh, so man. just everybody did it for a while. Yeah, I think was it you or Sarah on that show, Chris, that said people who don't have weird middle school stories are like monsters or something like that. So I guess I qualify as a monster. Well, I, I don't know. You, you are, you, Matt. I can attest that you are a nice person, but, but, but just like. If you, I don't know how you got through middle school without either being an asshole to somebody or the victim of bullying. I did a no. little, so, as I tell in this show, I did a little of both. Yeah. Um, I, but it, as a matter of jailhouse survival. I actually, so I'm not tooting my own horn or trying to make myself feel better. But I, just to let you guys know, I used to be, because I was sort of a jock in, in middle school and high school. I was the jock that would stick up for the nerds when they were being bullied. And I was like, I was like, I was that 90s movie trope, like, hey man, leave him alone. He's a nice guy, whatever, you know, like, because I I did drama and stuff like that. Like, I ran, you know, I did like student government, I did drama, I did did sports as well. So I kind of was like, hey, I can fit in with anyone. They're all pretty cool once you get to know them. And so, yeah, I I would stick up for you guys when I could. No, well, thank you. Unless I was outnumbered, then you're on your own. Yeah, I guess, I guess if you were big and uh, you played sports and like, yeah, that, that kind of gets you a pass from a lot of the middle school horror drama. Yes. Uh, but man, oh man. Uh, well, this uh, this week's episode is going to be filled with middle and high school horror slash drama because uh, in honor of it being September, the, the last day of summer by the calendar, I know it's either not technically the last day of summer or, you know, summer actually begins sometime in November or early August. I, whatever, who with, cares? With global warming, it could be yes. any time now, to be honest. It's actually going to begin, uh, it's actually going to end next March. <laughs> Just Get ready time for the for hottest winter on record. Right. Break out your flip-flops and gym jams. <laughs> gym jams. <laughs> My gym jams. <laughs> gym <Excuse> jams. <laughs> yeah, break out your 1970s DJs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But uh, yeah, so we're going to be looking at a top five, or we put together a top five about games that are centered around school life. Matt, you came up with this one. Yeah, I wanted to keep it in. We just did we did shows on sharks and tropical islands for the summer, and so I mm-hmm. said, let's keep it seasonal. Michael. Yeah, let's go back to school. And and it's weird because this is this might be one of our uh, weebiest lists ever because <laughs> oddly enough, uh, strangely enough, Westerners don't make a lot of games set in schools, which is kind of <laughs> odd. I, I, you feel like there should be more. I can only think of one. Mm-hmm. But the Japanese love games set in high school. In fact, it feels like most of the media that gets imported or exported from Japan to the U.S. involves high school in some way because a lot of it's aimed toward teenagers. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the I, I get the impression just from the media that I consume, and I this is probably not accurate at all, but that like high school is somehow central to this the Japanese psyche that it lingers for decades afterward these experiences of being in clubs and cramming and all that other stuff it, it's almost as if there's an idealization nay fetishization of youth culture and high school uh, yeah. from- I like that you're prodding me with that <laughs> fetishization word because no, no, uh, I, I was looking at a I wouldn't a list of games that used school as a location and like 95% of them were hentai that's why, that's why I brought that up as you had told me that I went oh yeah I'm sorry, Chris. I, I, I swear I would peg it to something a little more innocent. Mm. In, in that, like, we were talking about it on a Laser Time about with April Richardson about Saved by the Bell. And it's something I attributed to mostly girls I knew growing up, that girls were always in this super huge hurry 
to grow up uh, if you looked at their entertainment. They like to, to watch stuff with older people, whereas men kind of like to watch TV shows and stuff with people their age or younger and can hang with watching younger stuff. Whereas games have always projected adulthood on teenagers and, and, and gamers and younger yeah. gamers. Adulthood and, for a and long time. Uh, space fighter pilothood and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. But like, I, I don't know, but the Japanese are like, no, we know our audience. Like most of the people who are playing this game are in high school. Let's set it in fucking high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like during the 80s and 90s, I felt like you're right about like yeah, girls are like in this hurry to grow up. But I remember like everything aimed at preteens was about high school kids, and it's like why isn't anything aimed at preteens about preteens? I guess because they have no agency in boring that, that's lives. That's called aspirational marketing. Ah, it's, yes. it's they if, they are if you always didn't aspiring. listen to the uh, Laser Time episode of Middle School Horror Stories. We do talk briefly about middle school represented in pop culture, and by that I, we mean it is not, not really represented in pop culture. Yeah. And if it is, it's a hard R. Mm. It's it's stand by me. It's big mouth. It's difficult to talk realistically about middle school unless you're doing something R rated. Somehow, you can project PG onto high school, which I don't. I sort of get because like the clicks have all been worked out and the kinks have been ironed out and the pubescence. Mm. But yeah, middle school's rough, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like too awkward for pop culture. Like everyone just knows. Like let's avoid those years because yeah, they're the we worst. don't want to remember those. <laughs> Still, still, once again, recommending the Netflix show Big Mouth. It's yeah. the most honest depiction of middle school I've ever seen. Yeah, actually, I I think it's I found it dishonest just because like there's no way that kids this age would be this nice to each other, mm. like and <laughs> well, try to help each you... other through hard times instead of being like ha ha asshole look at you. Being around this many of my friends' children now, mm-hmm. the next generation is going to be a much better generation of adults. They're all so much nicer. Yeah, they're. Yeah. they're they're ingrained with empathy. You do not have to worry about your kids. They're going to be way better than we were. Except when they're on the internet. Because once, we all know, once we're on the internet behind that mm-hmm. shroud of anonymity, everyone is a dick. Oh, I meant, <laughs> if you have boys, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, you did bring up something interesting. I think it's one of the reasons so much uh, pop culture is based in high school. It's the cliques. Like, high school is almost yeah. like pre-written to be a story it's like you have these tribes of people you know that are all each in their own clique and you it's almost like the heroes and villains write themselves you know and so like i think so many of these games we're going to be talking about are based in high schools and there are like yeah here are the hero cliques and then here are like the evil cliques Mm -hmm. hero cliques yeah it's just so (laughs) weird (laughs) it's fucking weird that like if uh like looking at high schools now like dude there are still goths yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. There will always there be goths. There's still goths. I mean, jocks and stoners I knew would still be around, but there's still fucking goths. It's like, like finding I out that, like, that there's like there are flower children in the 80s. No, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what the goth music scene is like. You all can't be listening to Skinny Puppies still, <laughs> can't they? Though, <laughs> no, we'll reject our parents by ad- adhering to their subculture. Man. <laughs> But we will we will get into our top five school games right after this. Take a look at your phone bill, people. I know I'm pretty careful with my mobile service, yet my bill has still gotten a little out of control. Well, there are other options out there, people, like Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Plus, they're offering $25 off your bill or $25 off a new phone in the Ting shop just by going to laser.ting.com. You might not know about Ting. That's Ting like Ting. 
if that makes any sense. You might not know about Ting, but they're a phone service uh, that do things a little differently, starting with their plans. Because there are no plans. Seriously, there is no plans, no contracts, and no startup fees. You simply pay for the data that you use. If so, if you're like me and you're someone who's mostly connected to Wi-Fi all the time, you might be paying more than what you need to for your data right now. For example, the average Ting bill is just $23 per phone. And Ting offers nationwide LTE coverage, so you'll get a great signal from coast to coast. And just so you know, almost any phone will work with Ting. From that ancient Motorola Razr to the latest Galaxy X9 or iPhone X, you're just a SIM card away from a new phone and a new plan. So if you've had it with the high cost and hidden fees of other service providers, Ting might be for you. And better still, laser timers can get $25 off their bill or $25 off a new phone just by going to laser.ting.com. That's the word laser, T-I-N-G.com for $25 off your bill or a new phone. And we're back to talk about what, Chris? High school games? Yes. What? School games. School games. Well, they're... School I think times. These are all Brendan Fraser. High schools or prep schools or military academies. Nah, but, don't uh, spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Let's begin with... Number five. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Okay. This is a school set game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why? Why does that elude me? I feel like maybe I played too many of the newer ones that don't that kind of shave off the school theme. The Tokyo Rumbles and the, the DS versions—they don't really. I don't remember school being a part Actually, of this at the, all. But I, I, it's it's all it's slowly coming back. So this to me. is River City Ransom. Yeah, uh, River City Tokyo Rumble, which is the 3DS game you're talking about, actually leaned more heavily into the school theme, and that you actually see. Kunio, the protagonist, uh, sitting through class and getting lectured by his teachers not to be a delinquent, which sounds like this. Ooh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> is that what that, <laughs> that was? That is his teacher talking. And I, I can't hear past the 1950s bebop mm-hmm. sound. Oh, yeah. It's super 1950s bebop. But, yeah, it, he calls his teacher Babe and just, like, walks out in the middle of class. and <laughs> Hey, Babe. Bam! Slaps her ass. That's my <laughs> Pretty whole much. But River City Ransom uh, originally was the Kunio-kun series in Japan, and I feel like Kunio-kun kind of played up the school delinquent aspect a bit more, mm-hmm. whereas River City Ransom was, like, they kind of change it to like more of a 50s greaser aesthetic and then they I mean it, it just kind of like the school part felt more incidental which is the reason well, this the, is number the five. American box art yeah the American box art goes full greaser oh totally I'm surprised they don't have like cigarettes rolled up in their sleeves <laughs> they have but, they have but that was yeah. but in in game that is the technos look like that's how the people in super spike v-ball mm-hmm. looks like that's just yeah. how characters look. It was, yeah it was it was the well, super dodgeball characters. Yeah, right? those yeah, are all yeah. Kunio Kun yeah. characters. Uh, he just he's active in sports, and I didn't realize uh, when I was researching this, I found out that there was actually a Super Nintendo Kunio Kun River City game that we missed out on called Shin Niketsu Koha Kunio Tachi no Banka, which roughly that would have gone over great here. Yeah, Why? well, it roughly translates <laughs> to the new hot blooded tough guy, the eulogy of Kunio and Co. <laughs> Which, again, would have gone over great here. <laughs> Thanks, Nabonka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was kind of more 
a little bit more mature. Like the character designs didn't have the squat, super deformed look. Uh, like the first chunk of the game is uh, your the character Kunio and his friend Ricky get sent to prison, and so you're just fighting dudes. And former then, rival Ricky. Yeah, this is the first time yes, they team up. That's true. And uh, they but, escape oh. together, and then like they team up with these two girls who you can you can swap between the four characters and. Uh, fight as a girl which is cool and you get to do that in tokyo rumble too although it's this like huge like eight foot tall girl because you were asking about the high school tie-in so in the in this game you are rescuing your entire high school as well as your girlfriend Mm -hmm. and then all of the various street gangs you fight they are all representatives from different schools right it's yeah in the original they were represent representatives from different schools and like it, it played up a lot of that school gang rivalry thing and then in the uh, the American version, it was all just like the generic dudes, the frat bros, <laughs> the clicks. Like, yeah. like we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. the high school stuff writes itself mm-hmm. with the clicks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is. Um, Can we just say th- this game? I, I, I call everything from this era ahead of its time mm-hmm. when uh, I didn't understand how to play it. But once I did in my 20s, this is one of the best Nintendo NES games, period. Yeah. Like, one of the most ambitious things I've ever seen. I was kind of shocked, actually. Like, I, I went to play it last night and uh, realized, like, oh, it's not on the NES Classic. This is a travesty. Like, why? This is, like, one of the most essential NES games ever. And Well, I believe, I believe the company Techno sort of went away mm-hmm. and got acquired and then renamed it's why we had that double dragon four from uh, uh two a year or two ago yeah um and i think but it's back and I, I hate to be that asshole but like that demands switch ports but the idea that a great river city ransom game came out on on 3ds a system not a lot of people have mm-hmm. and it's, it's uh, incredibly this playable. Shit on switch asap asap this should be portable right now yeah so th- this was amazing like uh again when you say like oh i didn't know how to play it like i played it like a double dragon game and loved yeah. it when I was a kid and then like getting into it again as an adult like you realize like this, this is an open world you can go yeah. anywhere yeah. you can run away from bites they, they programmed like physics into the objects that you can yeah. throw like you can somebody can throw brass knuckles that you can kick them out of the air and then throw them back at them it's amazing the characters it does what every game does now the, all the characters have stats there's progression mm-hmm. what are these games called belt games I think what some people uh, call belt them belt scrolling yeah belt scroller games where this is like a you can play it like Double Dragon or any of the number of belt scroller games that this game sort of blends into my memory with all of those. Mm-hmm. But then it has all these extra complicated elements that at the time, as kids, we probably disregarded or, or mostly ignored. But now when you go back, that's what kind of makes it almost timeless and like really playable. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say, like apparently, when we were talking about Technos going away, the rights for this were up in the air for a while. Like, I remember there, there was oh, a yeah. site called The Lost Levels uh, that years ago talked to uh, some people who were doing a River City Ransom 2 game that I think they were uh, envisioning as being, like, for Game Boy Advance, so back way back in that era. And uh, they found out they were, like, deep into development. And uh, then there was the, the River City Ransom game that came out for Game Boy Advance. It was, like, the original script, but, like, also the Japanese sprites. So like the with the weird school uniforms and they were like, well, we kind of want to put a stop to this because they just published this without checking to see if anyone had the rights first. But also like 
we're going to alienate the fans that would be buying our game. So we're not going to win any points there. So they just basically decided to cancel that game. And I'm not sure what happened with the rights that eventually led to uh, River City Underground, which is the kickstarted sequel to the original American version with Alex and Ryan instead of Cuneo and Ricky. Now with more barf. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't played enough of that game, but I sincerely hope that like you knock someone out and they actually like spew vomit everywhere. It looks like rights-wise, Arc System Works might have the rights now. Mm. I think that's who they had to negotiate with to release that game on Steam. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, who put out um, who did the the 3DS one, Tokyo Rumble. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and they did an amazing job with it. That's a lot of fun. It, it doesn't get enough credit because it's it's one of the most playable, complicated NES games that ever existed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's still immensely playable today, and Tokyo Rumble is fantastic. Yep, but does the title menu feature someone punching a girl and her uh, going over his shoulder and revealing her panties that young Chris no. uh, used to <laughs> fantasize about? Double Dragon. <laughs> it's no Double I'm Dragon. Too busy looking at that, I'm too busy looking at that male butt in the shower. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, the infamous male butt on the NES. <laughs> My God, just a butt. It's, it's not butt attached to a guy. Or we say like robots. Well, he's, he's taking a shower. He's uh, he's toweling off his back. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, I'm toweling off my stomach. He's, he's hot blooded. Can uh, we talk about people who who use the showers at high school? <sighs> we did. We talked about that on the episode. Like nobody ever in. I've never showered at school in my lifetime. I don't know that well. I was a jock and I never used it because I never because everything wow. was after school I never used the school showers the one team I remember that did the wrestling team for some they used to have to get to school at like some ungodly hour like they were at school at like 5 a.m. to practice mm-hmm. and so yeah between practice and school they would shower before school but other than that I didn't know anyone that was using the showers like yeah. maybe well my, my we had to use them my, during PE and there was I still remember the first time like even though I we had like a health club fitness club membership when i was a kid and so like we go swimming and i was no stranger to going into group showers and seeing like old man balls everywhere and being <laughs> totally. naked like i was fine with that but for some reason that first day showering in junior high i completely lost my nerves like i cannot be naked around these people these people are right. assholes and and i, some, I kept my underwear on and fine. everybody made fun of me <laughs> you and the teacher on. yelled at me in the shower yeah. oh i'm sorry <laughs> Michael was also wearing menudo underwear. The whole time. Ricky Martin. I think it might have been purple underwear, which made it even worse. It, it was that weird net underwear that Borat wears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, shout out to this week's Laser Time, all about Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. What up? Um, but anyway, it, again, like this is this is probably. If not the best, one of the best games on this list. It's number five because the the school angle is kind of tenuous, unlike our next one. Number four. Enemy down! Yeah, <laughs> that's the gameplay. Uh, any guesses on what this might be? No idea. Um, I think it's because you've told me. I'm getting guess mm-hmm. out of that list you gave me. Is this Valkyria Chronicles 2? It is Valkyria Chronicles 2. It's taking the gameplay of the first Valkyria Chronicles, kind of distilled it down to this bite-sized format that worked better on PSP, and then added this whole layer of a school sim on top of that mm-hmm. for some reason. So the, the main character is this kid named Avon, 
who uh, organizes a militia to fight against rebels. It takes place two years after the first Valkyria Chronicles, and uh, there's like a civil war in this country. And uh, so he gets offered a chance to join the prestigious Lanseal Military Academy, prestigious in part because it's the only military academy in the entire country. I have to apply? Come on, you said you're a teacher! As a non-scouted applicant, you'll face stricter standards for acceptance. If you still wish to apply, I won't stop you. All are at liberty to try. But if you think just anyone can get in, well, you'll learn soon enough. Ooh. Uh, yeah, this is, has kind of visual novel presentation with its cutscene, so there's like a lot of long-ass pauses. Um, it also has a pretty cool uh, voice that I heard, and it's just like, wow, what's he doing here amongst all these other people I've never heard of? I'm Rodriguez. That's sir to you. I'm the proctor for your field exam. You will now form teams of three and participate in simulated combat. You know who that is. Why is shiny metal ass? Yeah. <laughs> isn't man? Isn't I really, that Bender's like, last name what? also Rodriguez? Or I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Disenchantment, though, a show I really, really like. Yeah, that's a lot of fun on Netflix. I enjoy. I it. love that show. Yeah, he's your drill instructor, but Valkyria Chronicles 2 balances between all of these field exercises that are like, it's a mock battle, but also it's a real battle. And uh, you, you get to run around shooting at people, diving behind cover, and then you go through these cutscenes between like uh, high schoolers going through typical high school or Japanese high school bullshit. You get uh, kind of predictable character relations that spring up. Hey, we're on the same team, Avon. Let's give it our best shot. You bet. All set to go, Zeri? Just my luck I get the two of you dumped on me. I wonder if they'll all be fast friends by the end mm-hmm. of this. <laughs> I'm wondering if they if they set it in a school. Like, schools are nice in that you can kind of limit uh, kind of an environment in a game, right? Everything has to take place on, in this one spot. Mm-hmm. And because this was a PSP game, it had to be smaller than like a main console release or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering if that setting is just a way to say, well, we don't have as much memory to build out like tons of environments or anything. So let's just put them all here because you, know, mm-hmm. you have to keep going back to the same spot. So that you've got some some structured places where uh, visual novel cutscenes can unfold. Absolutely, and you can get to know the characters that way. Yeah. And um, it's like Dream Daddy, which takes place in an idealized cul-de-sac full of just single men trying to make things work in their life. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. Just, <laughs> saying. <laughs> just saying, just a barbecue full of single, beautiful men. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... <laughs> uh, I, I really like that game, but like Dream uh, Daddy. Okay. I, I still haven't played it. Uh, I, I should say I've barely played Valkyria Chronicles 2. What I have played, I really liked because, yes, it is the same kind of gameplay as Valkyria Chronicles 1, it kind of recycles some maps, but you won't notice until you're pretty late in the game. But uh, reading reviews and people's write-ups about like what happens later in the game, like it it's, sounds really strange because, like, okay, for the first part, you're doing these exercises and field exams, and you're at this academy, and then you actually go out into the, the larger country to fight these rebels that are mm. inciting the Civil War. But even though you're far away and the academy is officially closed, you still go back there to hang out with your friends and then go back out to fight people. 
Like it's that's kind of weird. And then the last scene, the last epic battle is supposed mm-hmm. to be a simulation, and then you find out it was real, and you accidentally killed all of the alien subspecies, and yep. your name is Ender. Yeah. And you gotta go and try to find redemption in a series of increasingly weird novels. Didn't read any of those, I so I'll did, take your word I for it. I enjoyed them because I'm a creep, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Val- Valkyrie Chronicles to a really good approach to Val- uh Like the the gameplay's solid. Uh, the approach is weird. The format I think limited its accessibility. That it's like. Oh, it's, yeah, you know this game that uh, had a niche but strong following? Well, the sequel's going to be, like, cliched high school stuff, and it's going to be only on PSP. Like, eh, eh. So the, the, the threequel, Valkyria 3, never came to the U.S., in part because of the sales on the PSP. And But Valkyria 4 is coming soon. We're going to get it. It's, it's going to be out. Yay. Uh, <laughs> it it's going to be on a console, not a handheld. I don't know anything about hmm. that. How is it? We can only sell like a few thousand of each of these actual games, but there's like 14 million copies of every fucking UMD movie that was ever yep. printed. <laughs> you need a, you need about 40 million copies of Kung Fu Hustle. I got them. <laughs> I got them for you. They just spontaneously generate any time a PSP is near. <laughs> like Tribbles. I can't get yeah. them. I hope you like 230p versions of Spider-Man. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I think, yeah, Valkyria got a boost because the... Sega, a few years ago, put out a PC remaster that did really well, and it was followed up by a PS4 remaster, and it's like, oh, there's an audience for this, and it's not on PSP. How about that? Yeah. Well, I think people are starved for tactical RPGs in oh, general. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, there's only so many XCOMs in the world. You need more. Mario vs. Rabbids. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but all right, let's move on to our... Okay, that's a weird one, but that sound effect... I'm very confused! <laughs> that sound effect is roughly in every game in this series. This is Danganronpa. Uh, I don't remember encountering Pac-Man noises. There, well, there are Pac-Man noises whenever someone is found guilty... And gets has has a little eight bit representation of uh, them getting dragged off to their execution by Monokuma, the evil uh, robot bear uh, mascot slash headmaster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danganronpa has a a pretty consistent premise throughout the three games, but uh, I'll let Monokuma himself explain. During the class trial, you will present your arguments for who the killer is and vote for who done it. If you vote correctly, then only the blackened will receive punishment. But if you pick the wrong person, I'll punish everyone besides the blackened. And that person will earn the right to leave this island. Uh, TLDR, if you get away with murder, you get to leave and everyone else gets killed. If uh, right. if not, you get killed and everyone else gets to live until the next murder. Why does that guy sound like it's the a- judge on Roger Rabbit when he starts to freak out? <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> like that, this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, a fascinating way to incentivize murder when you're trapped in a <laughs> a terrible place of uh with with no will. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, murder somebody and get away yeah. with it. You can get out. And that, that's the thing with Danganronpa. It's like, it's like sort of like the beginning of a slasher movie, you know, when you see all the teenagers and you're like, who's going to get it? Who's going to make it through this and who isn't? Like, that's part of the fun of it. Like, wondering who's going to get Technically knocked everybody. off next. Yeah, just about. Like, there's usually, like, spoiler alert, maybe three or four characters left standing by the end of each game. There, there's some touches that are consistent from game to game, like the the fluorescent pink blood. Uh, the music that plays whenever you discover a dead body. Danganronpa, it's like the, the title roughly translates to, I think, bullet refutation. So, yeah. or, or shooty refuty, as some people like to call it. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's sort of Phoenix Wrighty, except that like when you call it an objection, it's not just like, oh, here, this evidence, I'm going to present it. When you spot a contradiction, you literally have to line up crosshairs and fire a bullet at it and hope it doesn't hit anything else that's sliding around in front of it on the way. So it's it's a sort of arcadey spin on that that mm. makes everything seem really tense and hectic, even though it's just a very linear visual novel. Yeah. But, but in a weird way, I like that better than Phoenix Wright, mm-hmm. because if you do not present the right evidence at the exact right time in Phoenix Wright, it's like... Why would I want to see that, says the judge. Because you're the fucking judge, yeah. and it's a dead body with fingerprints on yeah, it. I hated like, that. That's why you want to see I always hated it. that. It's like, you, if you're really kind of paying attention, you can figure out like who the killer is and what evidence is going to be important. But mm-hmm. if you just present it at the wrong time, too bad. And then it's like, yeah. yeah. And Danganronpa is the same way, but you can at least rush shit a little more. Yeah. And Danganronpa <laughs> has surprised me a few times. Like There have been times where it's like, I'm sure it's this person, and it turns out like, no! It's that it's this other person. It was a very successful frame up, almost successful. Um, but yeah, like the the murders, just like as the games go on, the ante gets up and and they become like more and more elaborate to the point where it's like uh, you figure out that like yeah, the body was moved via an elaborate system of pulleys so that it'd be discovered in this other place. Then it, but then when the person was killed, and uh, but it's those games are just so incredibly addictive at least to me like I, I start playing them and I can't stop for for days and uh, and then uh, I, I'm the opposite I can stop for months uh. <laughs> and the second I get on a plane I play the shit out of Dunk on ah, yes. but then then uh, also weirdly addictive is the uh, the more chill uh, school mini game thing that you can unlock after you finish the storyline where you're just like okay now we're locked in the same school uh, but nobody's being encouraged to kill anyone. We're all just working on arts and crafts, and uh, I'm just gonna make friends with people and uh, do like a dating sim thing. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the real game. We're all yeah, just, absolutely because yeah, humans are the real monsters. Yeah, it's the music I like more. The talking to people music. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun series. And the the last one pulled such a weird mind fuck at the end. I don't want to spoil anything about it, but it's like, really? Wow. Okay, that's where you're going with this. Uh, that's nuts. But is it as nuts as our number two? Oh, unbelievable. Being over half a day late on your first day. Can you explain yourself? Anyway, break's almost over. Classes will end after fifth period today because of the subway accident. I'll have you introduce yourself when class resumes. School! Are they about to have sexy time? Like, she sounds... 
There's a porno music in the background. I mean, not immediately. That's, but... Is that the one you can date? Yes. Yeah, okay, I figured. Uh, so this is Persona 5. And really, I'm, I'm giving it to all the Persona games, but this is the one that, that I've finished and I know the best. Every single one of the series, like 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, have all been set in some variation of the school, uh, have had teenage protagonists in the modern world, putting it at odds with just about every other JRPG and making it stand out very... Uh, in a very interesting way, and uh, so you're, you're like balancing your school life uh, with also being a monster-fighting superhero who can call forth demons from the human psyche. Right. Yeah, this is a great example. You were talking, Valkyria, about how you would go off and do this epic battle thing and then go deal with some high school bullshit. Mm-hmm. This game's the same way, where like literally you can you can quit a dungeon midway through and go handle some friendship stuff and some high school bullshit like yeah. as you're doing this epic Eat battle. the world's largest burger. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to go work at this beef bowl place so I can meet a politician and then go study for my exams. And and yeah, this will stop the plot cold mm-hmm. so you can go through exams and Yes, you actually have to sit and answer several questions at a, at a time, especially like during finals. Ooh, we can do this! Mm. That's actually Morgana just going, hmm, at the next question, but I like that it sounds like a satisfied moan. <laughs> because you just answer that question so well. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like the same teacher. Hmm. <laughs> Well, and Mor- Morgana's little little cat person that yeah. uh, hangs out with you. But, yeah. But yeah, that, that this is that that I, I want to talk briefly about that dating your teacher thing because that is simultaneously the creepiest and least creepy thing that you can do in this game as an adult. Something you want to tell us? <laughs> well, no, no. It's just like I okay. Even though I'm playing as a high schooler, yeah. I feel creepier dating a high school kid in character than I do like. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 17 year old who's dating his teacher. Now I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. whereas like, yeah, she's closer to my age. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, please, someone rescue me from this creepy I, teacher. Talk. I I was just doing that Kermit the Frog thing, just gonna drink my beer and look sideways because you guys are on your own on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's part of the series mm-hmm. is like. Being able to fuck with adults in ways that kids aren't normally allowed to, and being able to fuck adults apparently, yeah. I, I mean, you can <laughs> you can hang your head on uh-huh. that one, but it's more <laughs> it's more about the idea that like I don't know, like whenever I whenever I played the fifth, the fourth, and fifth one, it was more about like being able to bring justice in a way you are just not able to do when you're really yeah. in high school. And for me, that super appealed to me. It had nothing to do with. Moe fetishism or any horse shit like that. It was just yeah, like like bringing the pain mm-hmm. to adults. Felt well, good. especially with five, that it it brings forward that whole thing of like uh, appearances and like them saying like you know you, you you adults put us into these little pigeonholes because they think like oh that's that's a delinquent that's a slutty girl that's you know that's the class president and so like they they put all these expectations on these kids that really have nothing to do with what they are and the kids end up turning that around and using uh these identities that have been foisted on them as their source of power like yeah i'm i'm going to be a super exaggerated version of that i'm going to use it to topple all your schemes 
you you will be destroyed by how much I lean into that. That's really cool. And it's, it's one thing that I really like about the fifth one, especially, which I feel like with the, the whole Phantom Thieves motif and the idea of reforming society, that might be the most subversive one in the series, having not played much of the others. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite games of last yeah. year. Yeah, same. I, it made it onto our top ten list at the end of the year. And also the most realistic high school game because, you know, there are so many demons just yes. constantly coming across demons in high school. I know my high school was full of demons. I was lousy with demons. Yeah, I just kept having to shoot them with toy guns that they thought were real. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> and then enslaving them for their, mm-hmm. and using their power to fuel my mm-hmm. ambition. Yeah. yeah, if I were to project some American uh, high school anxiety on them, like, yeah, the idea that, like, eh, toy guns look real so you think they're real. It's like, yeah, adults think toy guns are real. Um Whatever. Eh. No, that that is, in a weird way, a metaphor for Persona. Bonafide, monafide. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're so cool, Panda. Damn, I wish I had that sound effect just to get out of any conversation. Yep. <laughs> Should have used it earlier. Yeah. Neat story, bro. Bonafide, monafide. All right, I think we are ready for our... Oh, what game is this? You guys know. Rival Schools. No, surprisingly. Bully? This is Bully. Or Canis Canem Edit. See, that was the only Western one I could think of. And remember when when a Western game company set a game in a school, it was controversial before it came out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Any Rockstar game is controversial before it comes out. Yeah. But yeah. Jack Thompson was like, this is going to be a Columbine simulator. This is. Or it's, yeah, it's a bully simulator. It's going to teach you how to be a bully. And it's like, "Mm, that's not what the game's about the opposite. Let's remember everything controversial about the game bully is embarrassing. (laughs) Nobody would ever, ever complain about anything that happens in bully in any kind of product Uh ever again. Mm -hmm. That's how much the medium well, I is still aged. remember, like, again, when the game came out and people knew what it was, Jack Thompson would not let that bone go. He was like, yeah, well, you'll you'll see where, uh, you know, what this has done where there's an epidemic of uh, kids getting their eyes shot out by slingshots. <laughs> like, no, no, nice try, but no. Yeah. But, yeah, so, so Bully is a sort of applying the Rockstar Games formula at the time, the open world, finger to authority. Open yeah, campus! Yeah, open campus adventure, and eventually <laughs> open town. Um, but you are Jimmy Hopkins, who's a troubled boy whose mother doesn't really pay much attention to him and ships him off to Bullworth Academy, which is a frankly horrifying place. You seem to be making yourself quite comfortable here, my boy. I'm just trying to fit in. By fighting? By making a nuisance of yourself? That is not the Bullworth way, boy. Yeah, you could have fooled me. What? I said you could have fooled me. This place is full of bullies and maniacs. Nonsense. That's just school spirit. Hijinks. Hmm. See, I like that especially because not only does it set the stage for uh, Crabble Snitch, the school's headmaster, um, but it it, that kind of resounded with me like as a uh, as a kid who was like trying to tell adults like hey I'm in a really bad situation people are making my life miserable it's like oh that's just kids being kids like you will Suck you will get up, no help from adults because yes they will either be like dismissive or they'll be like you need to toughen up or they'll be like I don't want any part of this leave me alone <laughs> 
Which I can relate to as an adult who doesn't like to be bothered. Oh. But yeah, so and I'll never forget like when we first got this game at Games Radar, like some of the uh, the web designer guys were like coming by my desk. He's like, "Can you shoot kids in this game? Can you like run them over with a car? Can you kill a bunch of kids? I want to kill a bunch of kids." Like, dude, no, <laughs> no. They, they, are you in, like not even rock stars that insane? Come on, they're not gonna they're not gonna do something. It's, like it's that. one of the more toned down rock star uh, yeah. games. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it really is. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like the high school version of <laughs> of GTA. Yep. And and uh, much like River City Ransom, it also kind of leans into a '50s greaser esque theme. In that, uh, I mean, this this school has literal greasers. Like uh, they're they're one of the cliques that are explained to you by your uh, best frenemy, Gary. Over there, we got the nerds. Of course, they're complete social outcasts. They look pretty harmless. They're actually sneaky bastards. Their turf is the library. And those are the preps. They're all money and condescending attitudes. Yeah, massively inbred and completely brainless. Very observant, Jimmy boy. Now over there are the greasers. They think they're tough. Or at least try to look tough. Wouldn't advise messing with them. At least not yet. They hang by the auto shop. And last but not least, the jocks. These guys rule the school. Definitely avoid them. Whatever, I'm not afraid of some dumb roid monkeys. You'll learn. Again with the you'll learn. Almost like it's a school thing. I, I really did like playing as as Jimmy because he is he looks like a bully. He's he's kind of a squat, really stocky kid, and uh, but he, he just wants to be left in peace and to get along with people, but everyone at the school is a fucking maniac, as he pointed out. And so eventually he decides like the only way to bring order to this place is to start beating people into submission. I'm going to beat a sense of decency <laughs> into these jerks. And like throughout the game, you will uh, align with various cliques. And um, I think I think more so than in any other Rockstar game, like the central message here is like those in power tend to abuse it. So like you'll you'll start out by allying with the nerds and be like, OK, I'm going to you, you're going to help me uh, make this place livable. And like so. You help out the nerds, and pretty soon the nerds try to seize power and be like, yeah, we're the biggest click in the school now. We're going to bully everybody. And you're like, no. And you got to put them down, and then you keep allying with other cliques, and then they get too powerful. And, and so, like, no, I'm going to beat you up now. And uh, I, I kind of like that that cyclical thing of, like, look, everyone's full of shit. Yeah. Everyone's just looking to get a leg up. And uh, your, <laughs> your quest is kind of futile. Yeah. Remember earlier when I was telling you how I got along with everyone in high school? Mm-hmm. I really meant I, this is what I did. I just yeah. randomly went through beating up random groups of people. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, I see. No, it's funny. The controversy thing, like, I'm just remembering the game ended up getting a T. It's not even yeah. an M-rated game. No. <laughs> like, the, literally the most violent thing you can do is, like, peg someone with a slingshot and and also somehow successfully beat up an entire football team. Yeah. Like, that that's the thing I like. That it's like, yeah, okay, this is a fantasy, so yes... Jimmy Hopkins is totally OP. He can totally bash his way through crowds of other students who are twice his size. And also he can kiss boys and nobody says boo about it, even though this seems to be set in some kind of like weird 50s, 60s pastiche with Danny Elfman inspired music. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to play. No, no, <laughs> that's reading. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm out of clips. It's just talking now. Yeah, it's, it's just, again, 
this was controversial just by nature of existing. Yeah. Rockstar making a game mm-hmm. set in high school. Yeah. It just it just makes me feel so old. It was like bait for critics. And like I remember they couldn't even call it bully yeah. in the UK. Again, it was Canis Canimedit. Which oh. is that's a real it means dog eat dog in Latin, yeah. but it's yeah. just yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna buy Canis Canimedit, sure. And it's been it's been rele- like re released on every system mm-hmm. afterward, yeah. I believe it. Isn't it? There's a there's PS4, a PS4 version, version. There's point. a mobile version. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You have no excuse for not I playing think, this game. I think it came out on 360. Which and I now it's, it's one of those yeah. backwards compatible titles. Yeah, the, can... the Scholarship Edition? Yeah, Scholarship yeah. Edition. And every once in a while, I'll see it on sale. It's usually they'll offer it for like $5 or something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, yeah. should I pick that up? Like, I want to, you know, but it's like, it's hard to go back to those yeah. games is the problem. And they they also don't skimp on the classroom aspect. Like they, they and in fact, like the the Wii and three sixty versions, they added like new classroom mini games where like you had to uh, English classes, like a word search. I mean, they're, they're all just kind of fun and silly, yeah. um, but it's still like yeah, I have to spend time in a classroom and earn a grade. Yeah, and this counts. It's, it's one of the few Rockstar titles to never get a sequel, which I think yeah, it's kind of a missed opportunity because it was well received. I think sales were fine. I don't know why they just like they even Manhunt Manhunt got a sequel like mm-hmm. you get <laughs> wasn't a great sequel no, Midnight no. Neither, neither of those games was particularly no. great yeah I remember talking to one of the designers about it and was like do you think you'd do a sequel and he's like well I mean where do you go from there it's, it's from prep school it's like to college and then you know you can't really have college students fighting each other it'd be weird be a different kid at yeah. school like that yeah well worth that academy sounds like 10 ex- years later yeah that sounds like an excuse yeah, I'm be- sure it was. because red dead redemption is like that was supposed to be the end of the cowboy era and it was going in with the industrial mm-hmm. revolution they just did a prequel yep. with, with rdr2 so it's, it's yeah 10 years before the end of the cowboy era. <laughs> if they really want to do it they, mm-hmm. they could have done it yeah yeah absolutely Maybe they will. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe that went away with the Benz. They got to bring back the Benz, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's been our top five, Chris, unless you have anything else to say about Bully. Nope. No. Never played it. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. I'm just going to go check to make sure Chris didn't write a review about this game back uh, in the day. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're bringing back... A couple of long-lost segments, because guess what? There's new releases and news we really want to talk about this week. So stay tuned. Crammed into a classroom with 30 other kids. Good, you get nothing. Bad, you get hit. Nobody likes you in the classroom is cold. Stuck with the textbook is 35 years old. Bullies beat you up. Teacher put you down. get scratching is the world of today getting you down well then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies tv games and more 30 20 and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010 here's a clip from 1988 but there's something i think even more notable on august 6th uh, absolutely august 6th uh, let's see if the if the old people out there can get this uh, from the theme song <laughs> yo, 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 yo. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's Yo! MTV Raps. Yes. Oh, my God. I, right. I was fucking baffled. This show was created by Ted Demi. This is a huge deal mm-hmm. that this got on the air at the time that it did. Like it, is. it was, it's really revolutionary. It is, and like I, I love if you grew up. I think let, let me see here. The show lasted for until 1995, ran mm. for over uh, almost 2,000 episodes. Oh my lord! <laughs> most of which was a two-hour blocks. Um, it's name-checked in a bunch of mm-hmm. rap songs. Because at the time in hip hop, it was like a hallmark. If you hit this spot, you're going to brag about it. You can hear it in. Ice Cube's uh, Today Was a Good Day. Mm-hmm. I believe MC Hammer shouts them out. And have you seen her? He shouts out Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. No, not that one. But yeah. This... It's bizarre that there are two Dr. Dre's. I think the story goes. One has an MD, one has a PhD. So that's how they tell them <laughs> apart. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, and welcome back to our illustrious third segment where we will bring back something we haven't in a long time and jump straight into that segment that was previously known and now again known as Donut County is a game that's out this week and is wonderful. I love it. Is that only out this week? That's out this week. I actually started and finished it last night. I played through the whole thing in about two hours, and it was a glorious two hours. It is super wonderful. Yeah, it's super cute. It's super vibrant. It has kind of like a a Katamari-esque feel where you are uh, controlling a hole that just swallows things up, and you're you're just moving it around. It's it's just a portable hole, and... uh, you move it under things, they fall down the hole. As things fall into the hole, the hole gets bigger, and you can swallow bigger and bigger things until you're just, like, devouring houses and sending residents plummeting to their doom. Except you know it's not really their doom, because the narrative device of the game is all of these survivors are clustered around 999 feet underground, and they're very mad at the raccoon named BK that uh, you are playing through most of the game. And, of course, there's there's a whole conspiracy involving raccoons and trying to replace people and and hey what the fuck what the fuck is this you guys you guys trying to talk shit about raccoons behind my back my god you assholes you assholes you you left me me the raccoon that used to live under chris's porch and was formerly your mascot that would come in and do commercials for you but mysteriously disappeared long ago you left me under your porch chris you realize like after you left without saying goodbye even uh the next tenants moved in and they thought my warren was like a giant wasp's nest and they kept trying to scrape it off with a broom and they're like don't sting us i'm like i'm a fucking raccoon and i threw rat skulls at them but they they evicted me chris i've been living on the streets and i just made my way down and i heard i heard voices and merriment and laughter in this house and i came up to see what was going on and it's you assholes Talking shit about raccoons and their these wild conspiracies about raccoons trying to swallow people up. Is this is a, a poor depiction of my species? It's it's derogatory. And also, where did these people find out what we were planning? I mean, I'm sure they must have signed NDAs. They were ironclad. You'll be hearing from our raccoon lawyers about these very spurious lies that you're telling about our very not real plans. Is there a talking raccoon in here? There is a talking raccoon. My name is the raccoon. Yeah, motherfucker complaining about his his $3,000 porch that he's hiding under. Like, I'm glad I'm not paying for that shit anymore. (laughs) It is an artisanal San Francisco porch, to be fair. Look, I I don't care how much it costs to live there. Money is no object to me because I'm a filthy squatter. All right? Yeah, well, then go through Mark Zuckerberg's garbage if you want to live in San Francisco. Otherwise, you're getting murdered. Right. I've done that. I'm not proud. Well, maybe a little bit proud of that. 
I've gone through his garbage routinely. All I find is used hypodermic needles, magnum-sized condoms that are still in their wrappers, and uh, used beer bottles, <laughs> which is weird. He really does have big dick energy, doesn't he? He does, but yet he throws them away un- unused. I don't know what that's about. Didn't pay Zuckerberg for a magnum guy. Interesting. He just buys him to show off. Fills the rest out with smoked meats. I, the raccoon, will never get a job at Facebook. Wait, are you still the raccoon? I'm so confused. <laughs> no, don't break, I'm not breaking character. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's enough. That's enough. You've made your point. You made your point. Get the fuck out of here. All right. I'm not sure what his point was. What was his point? My point is that raccoons should be better depicted, and while I am happy for the representation that Donut County creates right, for my people, right. it is Keep walking. overall no, negative. We close do not to sit the around mind. controlling portable holes with tablets. We use joysticks from the 80s. You, you people need to get your fucking facts straight, okay? All right, I'm out of here. What do you mean, you people, you raccoon motherfucker? And by the way, I know about raccoons. I saw the great outdoors. I saw what your cousins talk about. All you talk about all lips day is assholes. lips in assholes. Okay, that was that was yeah. CG. Those people were actually having a conversation about Jean Paul Sartre and the, <laughs> <laughs> the the permanence of I don't I don't know anything about Sartre. I can't I can't continue this horrible charade. Did, did I sound racist when I called him a raccoon? <laughs> I just realized I was like that probably is bad. I mean, he's a raccoon, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a raccoon, so... Uh, Oh, okay, thank you, the raccoon. That was not at all forced or awkward. Thank you for gracing (laughs) us with that wonderful critique of Donut County, which is an amazing game that you can buy on PS4 and PC. Seriously, I I absolutely love this. When you described the gameplay... I played that game like three fucking years ago. I can't believe it's out just now. Yeah. That, welcome to the world of indies, where you'll mm-hmm. see a game 15 years at, the, at PAX, uh, year after year, and then it finally comes out. All I could think of when you described the gameplay was, speaking of Sasha Baron Cohen and Laser Time, great episode by the way, uh, Dr. Naira Kane-Nedicello's... Degiocello. The scene where he wants to give birth anally to empathize with his wife and he, he just inserts the head? he inserts things that are larger and larger into his rectum to slowly expand it does he just talk about it or does he actually do no. it because with Sasha Baron no Cohen, no I this is all he, done it culminates with him coming into a room this is he's talking to a, a natural like a healer type culminates with him coming into a birthing center with a dog a doll shoved up his ass oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> and he has Yes, someone come help deliver it out of his ass, and they pretend the head gets stuck up in his rectum. Stuck on his asshole. Jesus. It really is why he's the best at whatever it is he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that I, guy has millions of dollars, but still put a doll in his ass. Remember, Chris, I had sent you that story. Uh, my hometown, Riverside, California, he he got busted. He got caught. It was, it, oh, at the gun store. And I'm sure this happens to him all the time, but it was it was cool to actually get like one of those stories of when his bullshit doesn't work. So yeah, he went to a gun store in character, and about you know a couple minutes into the interview, the guy's like, wait a minute, I know you, you're Borat. Or, mm. That's not how the guy talked, but that, it's my hometown, so I can say that's how he talks. <laughs> and, and, and I guess his reaction, he didn't, didn't say a damn thing, just ran out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what are you going to do? It's, it is point? a gun store. I mean, that's probably smart. Yeah. You're Borad. I'm supposed to shoot you on sight. Uh, let's see. Other stuff coming out this week. The Messenger, which looks pretty cool. So Donut County's good. Yes. Donut County's the best. You should all play Donut County. Okay. It's super cute. It's super fun. Uh, again, doesn't it's over pretty quickly, but there's, yeah. there's incentives to go back and replay stuff. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's just... 
making the lives of animal people miserable is is great. Like you know, he's, guy falls asleep in a lawn chair, and you just kind of sneak the hole around him, get, uh, absorbing bigger and bigger things until like you can just sort of go under the legs of his lawn chair and tip him forward so he falls <laughs> down. Uh, at at a couple different points, I put videos of this on Twitter. You uh, get rabbits. Like, there are rabbits that you're supposed to absorb, and if you get too uh, into the hole, like, you'll you'll just get a close-up on the hole, and, like, a bunch of hearts float up as it, like, just uh, grows as they just suddenly give birth to yeah. a bunch of rabbits. And eventually, like, you turn into a geyser of baby rabbits. This game's been around so long, Chris remembers when it was called Goatsy, the video game. Oh. It had the license. Oh. That would have been interesting. Let's get that wedding <laughs> ring right. modeled in there. When it had an old guy's hands around the outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have played that. <laughs> Can't wait for our inevitable yeah. top five whole games. Mm, yeah. But so, yeah, Donut County's good. The Messenger I haven't played yet, but I'm very excited for. It's a Ninja Gaiden style thing. Uh, also, coming out, we've got uh, two supernatural shooter games. We've got Strange Brigade, uh, which I haven't played, but is by the Sniper Elite people. And we've got uh, Dead Living Zombies, a piece of post launch content for Far Cry 5 yeah. that is. Actually, super goofy. You meet this director in Far Cry Five who's like trying to shoot a blood dragon movie, yeah. And so it's him just like ambushing Hollywood types and like trying to give them pitches, and then you're playing through the pitches as he's narrating them. And oftentimes his narration will change suddenly, so it's like, yeah, he's running toward the barn. Did I say barn? I meant a slaughterhouse, and like the barn turns into a slaughterhouse in front of you. So it's like super goofy, even though like. Which I think is, is kind of necessary at this point. It's like, you introduce zombies, it can't really be taken that seriously anymore. It's been it's been done to death. And I played the Vietnam DLC, which was the first one. Mm-hmm. I, that, you just reminded me, I need to go play the Alien DLC, which was the second yes. one as well. So we got, we got Vietnam, zombies, yeah. and, and aliens. So the, the Vietnam one um, was very stealth-focused from what I played. And then the... Uh, the Lost on Mars DLC was just very over the top and silly where you've got a jetpack and you're fighting alien spiders and yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, the Vietnam one was super stealthy. It was it was mm-hmm. it was like a stripped down version of the game. and I I didn't like it at first because of that, and then the more I played, the more I kinda got into it and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Also, I continue to play the shit out of Graveyard Keeper, which is an amazing game if yeah. you like Stardew and Valley. And free if you're an Xbox Live uh, Gold member. Oh, that's member. right, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah, well, free right if now. Not, it's with Game Pass. I'm or, sorry, Game Pass. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, them yeah. confused, which relates to something we'll talk about Oh, damn. About Speaking of Game Pass. Yeah, hmm. we're going we're gonna to bring it up. Huh? All right. Well, that's, that's probably enough uh, new release talk because it's time to segue into... News. Chris, do you think I should make that longer? I think I should make God it longer. Damn it, I'm so tired. <laughs> you know, what time it is on the East Coast? <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft Xbox Game Pass, uh, Microsoft has announced a an all-new subscription service that they were referring to as All Access. Uh, this is a big deal, and here's why. Not only do you get Xbox Game Pass, you also get an Xbox Live Gold subscription, as well as an Xbox. Buh? It is a subscription console service. If, so if you've been waiting to buy an Xbox, there's never been a better time. Um, so this this is this long-rumored thing where 
for a while, people have been speculating that Xbox has been playing around with kind of trying the iPhone business model, where you, you're sort of leasing, you're leasing an Xbox, you're leasing to own, right? And mm. you're going to pay in installments. And that's pretty much exactly what this is. So there's there's two programs. Um, which, which, by the way, is much less than I'm paying for my fucking iPhone now, because they got rid of all subsidization on iPhones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the way this works is you pay it if you want to get an Xbox One S... It's twenty-two bucks a month. Uh, it, you commit for twenty-four months, and that comes with the Xbox One S, the two years of Xbox Live Gold service, and two years of Game Pass. Uh, and then the more expensive option, which I think more people will probably go after, is um, the Xbox One after. X console, the hmm. two years and the two years of each, and that's thirty-five a month. Huh. Uh, if you do the math, though, I think both options end up being like twenty bucks cheaper than if you just bought all of those things separately paying full retail and, and that's the catch right is typically you can find these things on sale for you know so you never you're rarely ever paying full retail on these but pretty much you know it's you don't have no, to pay in, in 600 terms, bucks in terms of layaway in terms of like the old layaway model like this is way better yeah because it, it's an interest-free way- loan basically it's, hmm. you're not paying any you know Typically, with something like this, you'd be paying three times as much, you know, over yeah. over the course of of the deal or whatever. This is just you'd be being gouged over the course yeah. of time. Whereas here, you're kind of not. Yeah. You're paying pretty much what any early adopter was already paying. Yeah. Um. And 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 the idea, like, someone put this on Facebook. I'm sorry, I know it was a Dave, but like, did you ever <laughs> rent a console from Blockbuster? It was Dave Matthews, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. He was like, "Hey, y'all. I used to rent a Sega Saturn. Oh, I rented it from the cost fifty dollars for three days." Actually, Dave some- Matthews <laughs> is renting a PlayStation. <laughs> He's not fucking around. Like Blockbuster charged fifty dollars for three days to rent a new console. Yes, yeah. So this yeah. this is half the price to own to rent to own a new console. So I was, and, and because because game uh because games for, games with, oh, Jesus games with gold and Games Pass exist. You get like a hundred free games a month. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is crazy. Game Pass is pretty much around it's a hundred games. Um, the big deal too is I think starting this E three, every first party release is automatically included in Game Pass, and so that means things like the new Forza game that's going to be there. That means um, oh, State of Decay two, mm. uh, the Halo the Gears five yeah. Graveyard Keeper. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Only the biggest. The Phantom party. Dust Remaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, that's their big games are all part of that Game Pass, and then with Gold, you're getting the four free games a month or whatever. This is a really good deal. But I think it's. Like, and, and I'm saying good deal because it, it like Microsoft has, for all intents and purposes, have lost the console war. Yeah. But this is a very interesting way to eke out what you can mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I was talking yeah. to some friends at work about this, and and yeah, it's this can either you can read this one of two ways. This either reeks of desperation, like you said, they've kind of lost this generation, um, or what it more reads as is like maybe they're not moving many consoles nowadays, and they've got to clear some inventory, no. and this is a way to do that. You know, you've got yeah, but inventory they mean the Xbox One X, which is still. Kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference and between I, that I, and the original Xbox I, is pretty great. I would say that, like, I, I think the Xbox One X didn't lose the generation. I think it revitalized the console yeah. war because, like, 
since since I got my hands on that, it's like I used to turn up my nose at Xbox One. I did not want to play anything on it for the first several years of its existence. I got an X, and it came along at the same time as I think they they revamped the UI a bit, and like now that's my primary game machine. So it's my prior it's my primary media machine, and like I only know from playing a ton of PUBG, it's a drastic difference. It runs amazing on Xbox One X. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine how other games run on Xbox I, One X. I have both, but I I always found myself playing on Xbox more because I spent the 150 bucks on that Elite controller, mm-hmm. which I think is the finest game controller that's ever been made, especially mm. for shooters. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of. I feel like if you're an existing Xbox owner, it might be a tough sell to get me to upgrade to the One X with this 35 a month. Like maybe, maybe if I can sell my Xbox One and get enough money back, and then I can do this, it, it might actually work out to be a pretty good deal. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't, I don't want any monthly fees, but it is set up with like no APR if you make all your payments yeah. on time. So do, do they? Do like, they have like the thing where they lock you into it for two years? I think it's or? a two-year commitment. That's why you're getting yeah. the two years of yeah. live. I, I can't help but wonder if like the, in that two years, like come out with the next Xbox. Ha! Now you're stuck. Well, the thing is, you if you if you do pay, make all your payments, you get the Xbox. It's not like hey, send it back to us at the end of this. You know? yeah. So now, but, now if they did I, I have wish... that, where it's like we will guarantee your upgrade when we come out with a new xbox we will swap it out for that one you have you you don't think they're thinking of that because i can almost guarantee it i don't have any insider info or anything like yeah. that but that's neither i should say that what this, i do not know anything. i mean yeah that, this is all speculation but that's what this sets up is their ability to do that it's like hey you're already giving us 35 a month we just announced the xbox 2 whatever the fuck it's called mm-hmm. uh you now you can you just you keep giving us that 35 a month and you're gonna get this thing and no, I, I don't think it's about that. If, if you know about how consoles make their money, it's supposed to be off of licensing. The idea that yeah. games that come on your platform right. pay you a 5 to 10, I think it's like a, a third? I have no idea. You guys would know better than me and probably won't say it on mic. Uh, but but the idea that like you want as many people to adopt your platform so you buy the next new game over here. Yeah. The original Xbox had some power problems, and the new one, including the, the S and the X, do not. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you can you can buy this right now for thirty dollars, but th- and- that's why I think this is that model, Chris. Is I think if you give them thirty five bucks and you get the new, so it is. It's a razors razor blades model thing, mm-hmm. right? And so, pretty much, yeah. Console manufacturers they know they're going to lose money on the hardware or at the most break even, and in the hopes of making their money back on the software. So yeah, if you're setting up the subscription thing where if you if you structure it right and you got your interests all worked out and stuff like. They could at least break even on the console. Yeah, this lets them yeah, sell and, and, more. And software. you're all we're, we're we're all old gamers, so like Sony still wants to make money in the old way, and they have done very well this generation. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you have an automatic twenty to thirty dollar tally going into your till every month, avoiding used games and console sales, um, and I think that, that that comes from Microsoft offering more services, all none of which we've ever talked about on this show. Yeah. But the idea that like Microsoft has become a service company that makes quality hardware, yeah, which is is that's not where we were when the Xbox original or 360 were there. Hmm. Xbox was their only piece of hardware. I think. Well, yeah. They, now, they, well, they they're a service company. Stuff. Yeah, you're right. They've always. I mean, they started as a software company. Like Windows is an OS. It's just software. They don't make hardware. And then the yeah. Xbox was this weird thing where they started to make hardware, and they they proved that they weren't necessarily as good at that as they were at the software stuff. And you're right, yeah, now there is my it was my belief that Microsoft was bored with the hardware industry and was bored with the Xbox. Yeah. This is interesting. Well I think 
so the interesting play to me, it's not this generation. It's not even next generation. I, I personally believe there's going to be one more generation of actual, like console hardware boxes. Mm-hmm. It's what it... They're conditioning people to get used to paying this 35 a month for what I think would be like probably the next generation mm-hmm. of consoles, which is all in the cloud. It's which just service. On live. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming yeah, back. It's coming back, baby. On live is back. I, I disagree. I, I disagree. Like, America is not ready for that. But I'm talking two generations from now. So we're we're talking 10 years. Yeah, I mean I'm it doesn't I'm at, it doesn't matter. We have the FCC dis- deregulating anything. Uh Donald Trump is in office and he loves business more than people. Uh there's no way our internet is going to improve enough to improve game performance through a streaming yeah, that, service. That is that a, will not happen in the next that 10 That is years. a problem that I, I've been been hearing just just purely the internet speeds like an entirely cloud-based console sounds great until you realize that like yeah we don't really have the internet infrastructure yeah. for I this mean, yet. I mean uh, yeah. if you live in Slovenia like now now I will <laughs> it's not say happening here. Yeah, I I love current consoles that let me just uh, buy games digitally, download them at 9 p.m. the day before they're supposed to come out, and then I just chain together three or four like four terabyte hard drives and keep a gigantic game fridge that's always there for me to ignore <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's great i love that i want more of that next yeah, gen. a chewbacca bandolier of terabyte hard drives <laughs> that michael walks around i with. think i think in 10 years the tech if the internet you're you're right that yeah in terms of internet infrastructure that's not getting better and it doesn't seem to be on its way and we are a bit spoiled when we're on the coast like california chris you're in, even in florida you're getting better internet than people in the middle of the country right mm-hmm. um but it has to go further but the technology the streaming tech will improve so that it will take up less bandwidth to be able to stream these games and i think that's where you will start to see this becoming more and more of a reality so more, they're they're sort of experimenting with it on pc already nvidia has a service that's been in beta where you you're basically renting a high-end pc in the cloud that streams the game down to you. Um, I think the rumors were that the Google, whatever they're doing with games, could be a streaming thing like that as well. Mm-hmm. So my, and again, I'm not talking next console generation, uh, which my personal prediction would be probably two to three years from now is when that one would even come out. It's probably like a 2020 play. I'm thinking it's, after It's bizarre that. because in, in, in the traditional console generation, it should be right now. Uh, well, last generation lengthened it out you know, it was a really long generation, but you're right. It, according- but that's an anomaly, yeah. and it, it sh- we should at this E3 have announced new PS4, PlayStation's, and Xboxes, and we won't. But the Xbox One but, X uh, sort of renewed the lease on this generation. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it made it longer. So it did. It, it's this generation's watermelon Nintendo 64. But when we get to cloud, when we get to the cloud thing, I'm predicting it's going to happen. The talk of generations is is meaningless almost at that point, you know, because if there is no hardware box, Mm -hmm. what is a console generation? You know, if it's just a bunch of stuff in the cloud in the service, all that goes away. There's no need to even think of stuff. So the question is, what is a console generation? And the answer is a miserable pile of secrets. I, I just to me it's it, it it at first when you read the news story it's like oh this is this new subscription thing what more interests me is the subtext and what it could mean for the future of game news hmm. but speaking of you were at gamescom i was at gamescom week. i was gonna open with that but it wasn't as exciting as the xbox thing and we had a better segue so yeah i was there um personally it was my first gamescom yeah. I, I've I've been to tons of gaming shows. I've been to PAX's East and West varieties. I've been to more E3s than I care to remember. Uh, I've been around in this industry a long time. First Gamescom. I've heard Gamescom is scary, like Comic Con scary. It's bigger than Comic Con. 
Oh, I've been to several Comic Cons as well. My God, I have lots of fun behind the scenes stories of hanging out with uh, Star Wars people. And stuff oh wow, like that. yeah, that's for laser time, not VGA. Hmm. Um, no, so it, it's the the weirdest thing. About, I mean, the first thing you really realize at uh, Gamescom is how big it is. Mm-hmm. So E3, you guys are familiar, LA Convention Center. There's two big halls. You know, there's West Hall and South Hall. Gamescom has, I want to say nine halls about the same size as those halls that are just the consumer area mm-hmm. so they have to fill up nine of those halls and they fill it you know and yeah so it's huge there on top of that all under, all under the guise of a motif of half-life 2 <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that they have this huge business area as well and um so most publishers have like okay here's our business booth where they're doing deals and doing meetings and and you know press previews and stuff of games and then they have their consumer space where people can actually play the games. And and so I I, um, I was warned. I was like, hey, if you want to see the consumer area, pretty much do that day one because that's the industry-only day. Mm-hmm. Anything after that, and it's going to be way too crowded, and people were not exaggerating. So I – because I, I, I went and I played a few games day one. I played Kingdom Hearts 3. I played Dragon Quest XI, uh, which is coming out like next week or something. Yes. <laughs> like, and I played it entirely in German, so that's fun. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this RPG, yeah. super tech-savvy RPG, and I'm playing in German. I'm that, like, whatever. That blows my mind that, like, yeah, next week the AAA uh, release cycle begins in earnest. We oh, get yeah. Spider-Man and Dragon Quest Eleven And in the Destiny same week. 2 Forsaken. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big and, week. And I think between... Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Starlink, and Red Dead Redemption. Like, I'm just going to call in sick for all of October. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do anything else that month if we're being realistic. So, so the thing is, a lot of the demos on the floor were E3 demos. So mm-hmm. I didn't bother to check out Spider-Man because I played that E3 demo. It's amazing. I, I yeah, know I'm getting it. It's great. I know I'm going to get it. Or rather, I'm going to call my friend at Sony and get it. No, um, nice. <laughs> for us. For us, Michael. Uh... No, I, what else did I play? I played The Division 2, baby! Yeah. Uh, Again, which, the E3 demo. Which was the E3 demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Fighting dudes around Air Force One, the wreckage yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I ruined the demo. I felt bad for the other three people playing, because it's a co-op demo, right? Mm-hmm. So the demoer, you could, the, the, there, there was a guided demo, and the person doing the Division demo was clearly more comfortable speaking German than English. Uh, and I was the one guy that made her have to speak English. Uh, and so she was she was tripping all over. So I felt terrible. I was like, I'm Fuck so you, sorry. I'm an American. You speak <laughs> my language. You don't talk at all. To be honest, I'm like, I really don't need you to guide me. Just speak German. Like, I can figure it out. Bad guys over there, it's I'll It's close enough to English. Yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, it's close enough to Division One, where I'm like, I yeah, know what yeah, to do yeah. in this game. Uh-huh. You know? So um, what else did I play? Uh, it was, you know... I, overall, though, I was just overtaken by like how big the show is. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when it was the consumer day, I said, ha-ha, I'm just going to go check it out for myself. I have to see for myself what these crowds are like, right? And I went, and there was one of those nine or whatever halls that was just devoted to merchandise. And that's the one that I did. So I kind of exited the business area and decided to walk through. The first thing I noticed was the smell. You're hit with mm. <laughs> this just... You hear a lot of stereotypes about gamers and, you know, oh, don't go to you know, Comic-Cons, gaming convention, because it smells. Yeah, you deal with that a little bit. But this was just, you couldn't help but, there's so many people pressed against each other shoulder to shoulder. Like, it was like, 
Yeah, it was pungent. <laughs> I, so I, I you was... were probably there for like the the early two thousands E threes, right? Yeah, ba- yeah back yeah. before they turned on the AC, like oh five. Yeah, I think, I think 05 might have been my first. Oh five might have been the the worst in terms of like, oh my god, there's no air conditioning. I can smell everyone so clearly. But E3's it's like industry. It's like being know? in a stadium full of rancid <laughs> ham. <laughs> yeah. It was, so, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. I don't know. It it, it was. So if you hear stories about like hey, Gamescom super big, super crowded, believe all of that hype. Um, and we were trying to figure out like, well, why is it in Cologne of all places? And, and our best guess because is, that's what people need to wear while they're there. It is the most ironically named city <laughs> during the during Gamescom. Absolutely. Our our best guess is though, it's the the Colmesa is like this. It's the biggest convention center I've ever seen. It's probably the only wow. one big enough to handle this. So it's um it's an experience. And if you have the chance to go, definitely do. Um, but yeah, I had a good time. It was hard work though. Like I'm exhausted, but yeah, so that was my, my Gamescom experience. I wish we had a drop here, like, a drop mm. in German that we could just play, you know, Gamescom! <laughs> <laughs> that works. That yeah. works. Achtung, Gamescom! Fight Medusa in Assassin's Creed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Big interesting announcement happened today. Is Onimusha is getting the original yeah. Onimusha Warlords getting a remaster? Which is funny because I never hear people refer to it as Onimusha Warlords, but I guess that's mm-hmm. the official name. That was the original title, and then there was uh, Genma Onimusha, where a creepy doll f- chased you around periodically. It was like they introduced a nemesis. Yeah, and it, it, so that this is a series. It's been seventeen years. It only appeared on the PS2 generation. didn't Didn't make PS3. Obviously, it hasn't made PS4. Uh, I'm reading from the Sony PlayStation blog right now, though, so they announced today a, a full remake of Warlords. Um, and it, this is one of those series that, like, I personally have been, like, calling for for years. I'm like, remake Onimusha. I don't care what you do. Just make Onimusha. Like, bring it back. Because for those who didn't get to play it, it was like Resident Evil with Samurai. Yes. And, and and that's the kind of the backstory of development of that game is it was a Resident Evil spinoff that they just mm-hmm. renamed something else, basically. Yeah, and there was... Uh... God, that game, that series is so weird. Like, there, there was originally a samurai Resident Evil style game on PlayStation that nobody played. That I've already forgotten the title. Uh, actually, I think it was Soul of the Samurai. But anyway, yeah, Onimusha came out, and then Onimusha Two like switched the protagonists, and then there was Onimusha Blade Warriors, I think, which was like a Smash Brothers clone oh, that also had Zero from Mega Man X, and uh, then they had Onimusha Three, which had Jean Renault. Playing yes, a French guy yes. who gets thrown back in time. Oh, I forgot about that. Wow. Well, I believe that's part of the problem. And I've never played these games, and I definitely never worked at this company. Uh, but they, not in perpetuity, signed up celebrity likenesses for all the games. Oh, yeah. Uh, Almost all the games. So, yeah, well, and that the, is their big So you're saying that's the problem because it wasn't in perpetuity. They can't re-release them. No, I'm not saying that. I don't know uh, that at all, and I never worked well, for the Well, Onimusha 1 and 2, they, they were both based on real guys, and that was, that was like, back in the, the era of, like, PS2. Like, this is the most cinematic console mm-hmm. ever. We're going to really play up how we can model realistic faces, and we're going to have, like, the, the super high-production-value Lord of the Rings games that look ridiculous 20 years later. Yeah, but, dude, Lost Planet has mm. real well, celebrity faces in it. That America's wouldn't America wouldn't recognize, well, it, but it doesn't mean they don't have to go renegotiate that. It's not impossible, but this re-release could pave the way for it if you give mm-hmm. a fuck. An interesting piece of news related to the re-release that I saw today was that um, 
The it might be getting a new soundtrack in part because the uh, the composer for it, the guy named Mamoru Samuraguchi, who's a beloved deaf composer in Japan. I was reading a thing. It's like he appears to be none of the above. That oh. it was revealed oh, you, that like you, he, you weren't here for the Resident Evil Two news a couple was years that, ago. Was that a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, that homeboy was like he's not deaf. Of, a lying about being deaf. B lying about writing. He's, he's no Beethoven. Is what okay, so this this is not new, but uh, maybe it was. No. It just came up in saying like, "Hey, it'll probably get a new soundtrack because this happened." But <laughs> <This> um, <laughs> somebody did uh, point out a piece of music that he'd written for Resident Evil Director's Cut Dual Shock Edition uh, called Mansion Basement, Hilarious. and I want to share this now because it's wonderful. <laughs> Are you terrified? <laughs> you're, you're telling me this is written by a deaf guy? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Oh, all right, you How did it. you get my Casio recording from when I was 13? <laughs> this was on the soundtrack to a video game. You said those would never be it, made it, public. <laughs> wow. it, it sounds like I dropped Majora's Mask. <laughs> this, it sounds like... On, Honestly, like if this were the the track that played when you put the game disc into like a CD player, yeah, yeah I could yeah, see that because yeah. it sounds like a gag reel thing. But it's it's labeled Mansion Basement. I imagine oh. it plays there. Um, so real quick, this tells you how old the game is. So I was kind of going over, you know, what are the features to get it updated. So in addition to uh, giving an HD upgrade to the game, they are ensuring that it can be viewed in widescreen because the original game was only in standard, you know, standard def TVs in, in that kind of mm-hmm. whatever pan and scan format, whatever you want to call it. The other thing they're saying is it can be controlled with analog sticks or the original game's direction input only. And so that, huh. that's how old it was. But it's, can uh, it be controlled with the Onimusha 3 Katana controller? <laughs> there was what? Excuse me? What this now? existed. <laughs> how do you know this? Because it's like the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw controller, except it's like a katana and it's got an analog stick in the handle. Was this the, the days of, was it the Red, what was that Ubisoft sword game on Wii? Uh, Red Steel? Red Steel. This is the Red Steel days. I think this it? predated Red Steel. Oh, man. Yeah. No, so that's how old it is. It uses it used tank Resident Evil tank controls. Uh, oh, man. So it's great. Right, yeah. And the, the, the coolest thing about this is 20 bucks instead of a full, you know, a that's lot of remakes cool. are like 30 or 40. I... Uh, Chris and I were talking before the show, and I don't—he doesn't believe it, but I—I I would like to believe this is a testing ground where if this sells well, perhaps we will see a new Onimusha title. Anytime. Ooh, I'd like that. There hasn't been a new one since that. Uh, was it Warriors Dreams? Whatever the fourth one was called with the blonde Oni kid. Is that the one with, where you fight Freddy as a wizard? Probably. Warriors Dreams. Oh, no, that's Dream Warriors. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's. I, I just one thing I really miss about this series. It wasn't just Samurai Resident Evil. It was that like you would have these demon antagonists who would have like I, I think it was really just like a metaphor for uh, Western influence on Oda Nobunaga, who was like the main villain because mm-hmm. he he consorted with demons who had Western names like Fortinbra and uh, of course who can forget Gogan Dantes the fabulous demon swordsman who'd show up to challenge you every so often in Onimusha 2. But yeah, they they just like gave the demons these weird personalities that like made them more human than like threatening. So 
It was, it was a bit more Devil May Cry than Resident yeah, Evil, it, honestly. It had bosses, too, right, if I'm remembering correctly? Oh, it was, of course it yeah, had bosses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just a cool series. I, I never knew why it went away. It just... They just stopped releasing. I think mm-hmm. it was... It was part of, partially what Chris said. They had the likenesses. But then partially it was one of those... We were talking about Beautiful Joe a few weeks ago, and it was mm-hmm. one of those series that they just they released too many games too quickly, and eventually that people were just sick of them. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I, I'm holding out hope. Okay. Uh, speaking of series that it's been a while, 24 years, in fact, since mm-hmm. the last one, they just ah, yes. announced Streets of Rage 4. What the fuck? <laughs> that's fucking crazy! What fucking need? <laughs> oh, he has a beard now! Yeah. It's amazing! No ah! He does, yeah. But he's got like that that blonde this guy. Is my fa- this is my favorite genre that no one's <laughs> done anything with. Yeah, we were just talking the about streets, River City Ransom. Call like. it the Streets of Rage genre if you want. Yeah. I don't care because it's they're really good. Well, games. What's the last really good one? But I like Scott Final Pilgrim. Fight. Scott Pilgrim, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the those mm. games. Yeah, River City Ransom. Uh, yes, of course. yes. To a lesser extent, because that has RPG elements, but like just a straightforward. Walk this way, beat the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, and this one has like why is why did that? This die? one has like an anime come to life aesthetic. Like it's it's not pixel art. It's a straight up kind of looks like an animated. You know what it kind of looks like? Remember a few years ago they announced that Jay and Silent Bob side scrolling brawler. Vaguely, that, that no. was it was a fig. Like uh, you know, like their their Kickstarter where you can be an investor. Oh, Where'd yeah. that go? You're a oh, fig. Hopefully away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what gave Kevin Smith the heart attack. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. He looks great, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's skinnier than all of us combined. Yeah, no, he's... Really, <laughs> really <laughs> took that lesson to heart. Oh, now, I see oh, I, did I, I didn't even intend that. Yeah. I was just going to uh, say, now it's less disgusting <laughs> when he says, like, no, you got to come up and lick my asshole a bit. <laughs> Gladly, sir. You're an attractive <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's less disgusting. Yeah, that, that's how he says kiss my ass, because he's a gross dude from Jersey. That's right. Yeah, lady, now my asshole has less hair than your head. <laughs> oh, because, Jesus uh, Christ. I reduced the surface area. How did we go down this road? We're talking Streets of Rage, man. Yeah, Streets of Rage. Get <laughs> so, us back on so track. So Streets of Rage is a very good I, I am so fucking excited about this. God damn it. It's the same thing Sega did with Sonic Mania, their best game but of last year. But this isn't year. Sega. That's what Michael and I were talking about. It's so weird. It's being published by Dot. Emu, dot emu? Uh, emu. I mean, mm-hmm. it, like yeah. emulator, right? Yeah. Or um, emu, the bird. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's what. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then, and then, like, we didn't talk about like a bunch of emulator sites closing. Ah, uh, but that holy, hurt. Holy that shit, hurt is so bad. Is this a great way for people who've been breaking open ROMs and like making them playable to go legit? Yeah. By helping make a new street story. This is, this is published by Sega. Well, it, But it doesn't say that. It says it's published by Dot .emu. Yes, it does. That, that might be a sub-label no. of Sega or something. And then it... But it I, well, I could I be mean, wrong. Aren't they I, the people I, who did It's my the, understanding Sega's behind It's being this. developed by the people who did the Wonder Boy yeah, remake. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's Lizard Cube. So that's what I, we were curious about. Like, did Sega sign away the rights to Streets of Rage, or is this like a sublabel? Might have been licensed. Sega knows it can't put any of its internal development team on this game. They have to go on Creative Assembly stuff or Sonic stuff. Yeah. Uh, so allow these fans to do whatever the fuck they want, and we're going to get the best Streets of Rage game that's ever been yeah. made. Sonic Mania is so great. I just played it again. Please remind yourself and <laughs> do the same with that new update. It's fucking amazing. It's be hard to beat Streets of Rage 2, and, it's, to be and none of it was... T- all of it was, like, nodded at by Sega. They didn't make that fucking game. Maybe it was that guy Christian... Uh, what's his name? Well, Christian Whitehead. Yeah, he, he was already out there making fan games, and they said, Hey, 
You're yes. already doing this. How about we pay you and make it official, which I think is super smart. And Yeah. And to me, this is the payoff. We get a new Streets of Rage game, which is a game that never, like, let's remember, never had a bad entry. Yeah. I'm constantly researching stuff like this. Streets of Rage doesn't have a bad Not even game. on Game Gear? It doesn't have any reason not to exist. No, I mean, I just remembered 2. 2, just, two is so awesome, and it's been released couple different ways and remakes and like best ofs and all this stuff like mm. yeah i feel like i've played two like on 10 different consoles or something but uh yeah it's hard to beat or whatever it was called in england i know it has a different name oh yeah it's <laughs> so we we get this meanwhile sega gets to make their uh fist of the north star yakuza game where you can actually grab sound effects out of the air and beat people with them uh so everyone wins <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win very, very happy. I'm very happy. And our last piece of news isn't really a piece of news as much as it's, um, hey, if you're excited for Cyberpunk, boy, is there a trailer for you. Oh, yeah. 48 minutes worth of a gameplay trailer uh, that um, CD Projekt Red just released this week. Uh, and it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, I, I will be, like, I mean, it, it's a demo. It's meant to be entertaining to watch. I will be very surprised if the final game matches that one-to-one just because and and this isn't trying to knock the game or the demo again they they're they're packaging it in a certain way but uh i i think it might be kind of unwieldy if like characters comment on every little thing you do like i just think about the logistics with like you'd have to record this much dialogue for that and yeah, we were talking for everything. We were talking about how scripted yeah. it really does come off where it's like there's always an NPC just waiting through the next door. And, 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 and so obviously this thing is meant to be like a super crafted experience. I could easily see it being sort of like the first hour or two of a game that eventually settles into a rhythm and, and becomes more like a regular video game. Um, I don't know. We were We were talking. I don't know who this is for, though. So like you mean you mean the the demo footage, not the game. The itself. demo footage. I know the game's for the game's for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, me too. Yeah, and so like I'm already sold. I was I was sold when I saw that first CG trailer. What ten years ago, whenever the hell that was released at E3, mm-hmm. uh, and then after this E3, all the good buzz on that demo. So I'm I'm like, hey, you've already sold this thing to me. It's actually really similar to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Just released a similar like a super long gameplay trailer as well. That yeah. These things are like they're walking. There's like a narrator that's walking you through. Like, oh, here's when you create your character. Here's what you mm-hmm. do, and here's here's how combat works, and yeah. all this stuff. Well, with, with Red Dead, though, it's a special case because it's like I have been waiting for this game for nine years. Sure, I don't I don't really need to know anything about it. I just want to start playing. But it. that's that's what I'm saying is I'm the same way with Red Dead. I'm also like that with Cyberpunk, where mm. this isn't for like hardcores that are going to buy it day one. This is. Typically, you do something like this to educate it with more of like the people on the fringe that are uh-huh. like back and forth on whether they're going to buy it. But those people aren't going to watch a forty-eight minute video. Is the aren't thing. they though? Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe maybe if, in the year of tell Twitch, them this is the new hotness. Yeah, and and maybe maybe people. I'm just not used to like gamers watch games more than they play them now. I'm super excited about Cyberpunk, and if you. If you are on the fence and want to watch a 48-minute video, it's there for you. Um, but I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch this because I just want to play the damn thing when it comes out. If anything, the release of this to me was more of like, it's a signal like, hey, this is maybe closer than we think it is. Because mm-hmm. they haven't announced a release date for this game. And so this showing this much footage this early leads me to believe this is definitely a 2019 game and maybe even like a, a 
first half of 2019 game. Yeah, maybe. So that's our news. We brought it back. We're excited to be able to do so. We love mm. talking games. Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week's, well, we're gonna we're gonna touch on two questions of the week. We, we've lost Chris, unfortunately, because of the time difference between the West and East Coasts. But uh, we will soldier on and do the community segment. Just. Uh, Matt and I, the question of the week from two weeks ago, as you might remember, was uh, if you could escape to any tropical island from a video game, what would it be? Steve Gameware said, gotta be the third iteration of Zack Island after the first two were destroyed by a volcano and later a meteor shower. Shops, private beaches, pools, casinos, rides, volleyball... New Zack Island has everything you need. There's a man who who played the third game that wasn't released here. So. Wow. And because we were wondering what happened to that second island, there now we know. Destroyed by a meteor shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Triskitable says, Alola, I left Hawaii two weeks ago and I want an excuse to go back. So let me go to the one where Pokemon are also present. That was you my and inspir- he are of one mind. Yes, that was my inspiration for the show is I was in Hawaii and want to go back. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Facebook, Christopher Davis says, I'd probably visit the island in Animal Crossing, spend all day just relaxing, eating fruit from trees, scuba diving, catching insects, then selling the insects back at home so I can be filthy rich. Yes. Who are you kidding? You're barely keeping up with your interest payments to Tom Nook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Amanda Kate Bird says, easy. Any of the Sherbet Islands, Sherbet, 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 Sherbet. Sherbet. <laughs> Sher- Sherbet Island courses from Diddy Kong Racing. And you know I'd be off-roading all over the place as Tip Top the Turtle, wreaking absolute mayhem in my hovercraft. Bananas everywhere. Uh, Andrew Giacchetti says, With the news of a delay on the remake, oh god, it hurts, I would have to say Dragon Shores from Spyro Ripto's Rage. It was one of the first games I 100%ed because the idea of seeing what was behind that door was too tempting to pass up. I would love to claim my reward of a dragon-themed destination beach amusement park in real life. This is definitely shows the generational divide between guys like me and Andrew. That's great that you have fond memories of Spyro, <laughs> but like I'm like, what? Like people are pining to visit a Spyro location? Well, I think I think Spyro was kind of the generation after ours. Like yeah. that's a game that they grew up with, and so like I I know I see a lot of millennials who are super pumped for Spyro, oh, yeah. and it's like, no, nah, this was a baby game when I was a teenager, so I yeah. was never playing. It's this. just like Crash. And as yeah. a dude who worked for a company that I worked on both Spyro and Crash games, I'm like, hey, that's great. Mm-hmm. It worked. My marketing worked. Yay. Um, from comments on VigiGameApocalypse.com, a ghost baby says, uh, quote unquote, I'm genuinely, uh, upset that Ridge Racer was missed out of the list. Uh, as a petrol head, I'd love to go to a tropical island where people spend all day drifting cars around narrow mountain roads, a bit like Initial D. Plus the epic soundtracks throughout the series prove the after dark parties would be great. Best of all, to Brit living under gray skies and constant threat of downpours is that the PS1's lack of processing power means 0% chance of rain. That's a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. So, quote-unquote, genuinely upset means ironically upset, so it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nina yeah. says, this episode brought back memories of the summer of 09 when I played through The Sims 2 Castaway on the Nintendo DS. 
The island setting of that game was pleasant and featured some cool hidden areas, but I wouldn't want to be stranded anywhere too long with only Sims to talk to. It's true, they get repetitive. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to talk about peeing all the time. Uh, the game itself was pretty meh, and I probably would have forgotten about it immediately after playing it if it weren't for my memory of the EB Games employee who voiced open disdain when I traded it in. It felt like, it felt a bit like I'd given the wrong gift to a snobby Harvest Moon character. <laughs> Or for folks like me, who uh, if you give the wrong gift to a Stardew Valley character. Mm, sure. Or a Graveyard Keeper character. That's right. I uh, love those games. Our following question of the week was, what's your favorite starter weapon or gadget? Uh, first to reply was Josh Shoop on Facebook saying, going to go with the Keyblade from the original Kingdom Hearts. I love the design of it, and so I didn't mind kicking all sorts of heartless ass with it as I navigated the Disney worlds. In fact, there's a trophy for going through the game without changing your equipment. While admittedly difficult, still doable. Well, as long as Donald heals me from time to time. <laughs> That's my best Donald. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, what um, an asshole. <laughs> Aaron Shadow says, despite my personal preferences regarding the now classified pre-boy god of war (laughs) the blades of chaos they feel satisfying to use it's perfect for making your combo meter go up and they're effective on just about everything you face in the three five counting psp six with that forgettable ascension games uh rumor has it kratos can use other weapons in god of war but to me it's all rumors i mean picturing kratos with something other than the blades of chaos is funny and odd to me can you imagine that like what's next some doofy magic axe or whatever (laughs) 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 uh Resegner, again, Triskitable, says the Kvostov AR in Destiny. No other gun in the game looks like it, so in the base game, it's a unique artifact that you'll never see again. Better save it in your vault so you can pull it out for nostalgic reasons when you're tired of firing off rounds from your fancy Necrochasm or Vex Mythoclast. In Rise of Iron, it was brought back as a modular rifle that could fit the archetypes of any automatic burst or single-fire rifle in the game. It was a jack-of-all-trades, but the fact that it could be any kind of rifle was a really neat niche. Better yet, if you save the original rifle from the base game for the second expansion two years later, you could dismantle it to find a blueprint that had set you on your way toward rebuilding the newer, improveder rifle. <laughs> That's a great example we were talking about, like, our anxiety about throwing away starter weapons. Mm-hmm. So they kind of capitalized on that. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah. yeah, remember this thing you started with? Now it's a really good version of that. Yep. Uh, from the comments at VigigameApocalypse.com, Sleepyface says, Dante's sword and pistol combo from Devil May Cry 3. I believe he's referring to Ebony and Ivory for the yes. pistols. I don't remember the name of the sword. Though. Uh, Alastor, I think, or was that the later one that you got that had like thunder abilities? Anyway, yeah. uh, while the weapons you unlock are fun and specialize in ways that make select fights a walk in the park, Rebellion, there it is, the Rebellion, sword, yes, yes. alongside Ebony and Ivory, okay, you got it, yeah. uh, are always useful and boast the most combo potential, especially when upgraded. Uh, Hannah Barbarian says the grappling hook and cape in Arkham City, gliding around Gotham and seeing comic landmarks like the Iceberg Lounge, the Ace Chemicals, and and Ace Chemicals was an amazing experience. While the other gadgets were cool, they didn't make me feel like I was stepping into Batman's boots. The grappling hook and glider cape did. Uh, From responses uh, to at VG Apocalypse on Twitter... 
at Swamp Posting says, The Devastator in Crimson Skies for the Xbox. It was the first plane you get. Equipped with machine guns and magnetic missiles, it was the most versatile plane. I've beaten the game numerous times with it and earned many victories in multiplayer. It's also the coolest looking and most iconic in that game with the, the rear propeller and like the Hughes aircraft pedigree. Didn't know if it counted, but honestly, any chance to bring up Crimson Skies, I'm going to take it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Blacksmith Gamer says, My favorite starter weapon was the crowbar from Half-Life. It was always so satisfying to hear the sound of it meeting the flesh of a headcrab throughout the game. And if we were doing this in uh, the mid-2000s, it would probably have been number one on the list. <laughs> could be. Could be. And finally, we have some video answers. First one is from Cody Laveau, friend of the show. AVGA is the Cage Crippler, Cody Laveau. And as you can see, I am firmly back in the bio, back in the old country. And, um, you know, exploring a little bit. I'm on a top secret mission. And right behind me is an alligator. Oh, God. Say hi, buddy. So, um, I don't know, best starting item? A whole lot of money, which you get in Monkey Island 2 by Chuck's Revenge. Uh, You get untold riches. You get, uh, like cashier's checks, gold bars, jewels, everything you need to buy anything you need for that entire game. You walk five feet, immediately somebody robs you and dangles you over the side of a bridge like this, which is what I'm doing. That's still a gator right there. (laughs) And um, yeah, so you lose all your money and the whole game starts from there. But seriously, that's an alligator right there. I'm going to go pet that thing. Uh, I will catch you all next week. If I'm still alive. Later, guys. Have fun, Cody. This is the first time I've gotten nervous watching a video response. <laughs> he, he has his ponytail hanging out the back of his hat. And the whole time I was just like, please don't pop up and scalp Cody. Please don't grab his ponytail. <laughs> like, he could do it, by God. He's hungry enough. <laughs> yeah. What was that? You're, were you channeling like a wrestling commentator? Like, he could do it, by God. I swear to God, I've seen a gator. <laughs> I've seen a grand, grand, grand man by his ponytail. Yeah. Gallatin Carhartt, the oh, wonderful... No. Skeleton Carhartt, uh, from a very special place. Carhartt here with Avonlink. We are at a T-Swift concert. I think when you all have a Unity concert for uh, all of Laser Time coming together, y'all need to invite Taylor Swift to it. So, anyways, she's not on yet. So, soon enough. So, anyways, answer to this week's question of the week is Charmander. Charmander, that Pokemon, does everything that he needs to do without any leveling up other than you just just use them. So Charmander is the best starter weapon ever. Alright, I gotta go get excited about OT Swift here in a minute. Y'all take it easy. Ah. That is actually a great response, Charmander. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you just level them up, becomes Charizard and Didn't even think about starter Pokemon. Actually, a lot of people did comment with starter Pokemon, so that was a common response. This is Mike Amari, the man who puts our own video uh, production quality to shame. Hey, VJ crew, this is Mike Amari answering the question of the week. Uh, Question of the week, of course, was what starter set of weapons, powers, any combination of uh, starting weapons that you would get that were really the only thing you used throughout the game or were more powerful than anything else you would use or more fun? Um, there were a lot to choose from. You guys mentioned most of the biggies. The uh, the pistol from Halo, I'm going to point out, not only was it a good sculpt weapon, you could one-shot the biggest enemies in the game with it if you shot them in the right spot. Uh, for me, though, in I'm super surprised that no one mentioned on either the Facebook community or in the episode about the Bioshock 
wrench and lightning combination. Uh, the shock wrench is really the thing that got me through 99% of the original Bioshock. As much as I love that game, as awesome as those guns were, uh, the Tommy gun with all the weird shit sitting off of it and the uh, different powers you would get, it came down to, really, I would shock my enemies, hit them with the wrench in the head, and that would do most people in. It went even so far as most of the uh, skills that I would put my my my, uh, my mana into or you know my points into um, really came down to the ones that would make my wrench more powerful, make my shock more powerful. So it was one of those weird situations where not only did they give me a really powerful and fun combo to use in the very beginning of the game, but they gave me an upgrade path to literally upgrade both of those things simultaneously uh, to make it so that I was literally an unstoppable god with a wrench and lightning through most of that game, which is a little crazy when you think about it. For as much as that game had with hacking and had with like sentries that you can use and turning machines on each other, Nah, just shock him, hit him with a wrench. You, you're pretty much good to go in that game. Uh, doesn't mean I didn't love the game. I do love that game. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening to me this week. I uh, look forward to catching up with you again next week. A uh, little PS on this. I just want to point out, guys, I cannot wait for Chris's uh, next episode or series of Elm Street Nightmare. Uh, I know you feel that not a lot of people didn't give you love for it last time. I loved every second of it. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys can do uh, this year uh, for the new run of that. Thank you again, guys. If only he were here to accept that praise. <laughs> I'll do my best, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's the terrible Chris. I don't know who that was. Is he a Transylvanian dignitary? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's what he gets for not being here. Yeah. <laughs> New question of the week. You know, obviously we've, we've been talking about painful middle school anecdotes in addition to all this school stuff. So... Uh, recognizing that school was not an easy time for a lot of people, Matt accepted. What sorry. is a game? Yeah, you should be sorry for having a happy childhood. Fuck you, man. Um, uh, uh, what, what's a game that helped get you through, uh, those school years? Uh, I know for me, Mortal Kombat 2 on SNES, uh, siphoned off a lot of rage and those, those awesome endurance matches that you could play against your friends in the Super Nintendo version where, like, you're, when you defeated a fighter, it would explode and another one would hop in. Like, pre-Marvel versus Capcom, like, that was such an amazing experience. Yeah. And I loved pissing my friends the hell off by doing repeated jump kicks and uppercuts. It was, yeah. it was nice. I, you know what, that, that almost inspired me to steal a similar answer and go Street Fighter 2, because yeah, that was, that was sort of my high school, middle, middle school, high school game, but I'm actually going to go a game that, it wasn't necessarily getting me through hard times, but it definitely ate up a lot of time, uh, that I associate with school, particularly my college years, so Final Fantasy 7. Hmm. I spent hours and hours, hundreds of hours, literally, playing that game um, while in college. It was, that was the game that got me to buy a PlayStation. And like I, I could not escape the commercials on television, and so I picked up a PS One and, and played that. And Resident Evil Two, for some reason, are the games that I, I have distinct memories of. Kind of being in college in my apartment, and my roommate would be like, "Hey, I'm going out to this bar, going to do whatever," and I'm like, "I'm good, man. I'm playing Harry Two. I'm I'm fine." And then he would come home after the bar and still be playing, and he would just sit on the couch and watch me play, and we'd be transfixed for hours. So Nice. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, um, which is weird, because they're remaking both games now, and so yeah. they're speaking to my nostalgia, my weird college nostalgia. Possibly. We'll see. So what's a game that helped get you through school? Let us know. Go to VigigameApocalypse.com, answer under the comments 
for episode 279, or you can uh, hit us up at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, we'll have a thread started there that you can answer, or you can just hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and let us know. Um, Matt, in his infinite graciousness, will probably also post a question there that you can answer. If I remember. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. I sometimes forget. Yeah. And thanks everyone, yeah, by the way, who is following. I was posting from Gamescom, and I had, a, I, had I think, a couple local European fans that were like, hey, dude. And so, yeah. good times there. I was watching that and thinking, like, oh, this, this Twitter account is all dynamic and fun now. I don't know how to deal <laughs> with this. This is awful. Just leave it to me, Michael. <laughs> uh, so that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs and it's just me and matt now so <laughs> matt tell them about the patreon <laughs> sure um if you like video game apocalypse and want to hear more vga we currently have a goal at patreon.com slash laser time that we're trying to reach that will unlock a few new vga shows including uh spoiler casts mm -hmm. of the top new games that come out uh, a monthly bonus show that could include, if you like this news segment, if you liked hearing about new releases, we might talk about more stuff like that on that bonus show. And then there's also a show I'm particularly excited about that we really want to make happen where guys like Michael, Chris, Diana, maybe me, we play D&D &D or some other equivalent tabletop game, maybe Cyberpunk, who knows? Yeah. We play it on the air. I don't want to overpromise, but we may even put out a uh, a free sample episode or possibly even a free sample season to show you what you can get if if we hit that tier. Well, now you've done it. It's too late. It's out there. It has mm. to happen. Set in yeah, stone. Clearly. Uh, so yeah, if you want to make that happen, please go to patreon.com slash laser time. Um, I bought so much equipment so that we can all <laughs> podcast in person. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. All thoughts there are my own. Uh, the last thing I want to plug. So if you are attending PAX this weekend, I will be doing a show with the U.S. Gamer crew and Austin Walker of Waypoint uh, Saturday night in the Hippogriff Theater. We are going to be discussing one of the greatest RPGs of all time. Mass Effect. And this is the chance I wanted to throw out to you fans. If you want to do an impromptu laser time meet and greet, come meet me after after the show, after the panel. I'd love to meet you. I'll, I'll stick around for a while and say hello. So that is Saturday evening. I want to say five. Might be six. It's five in Hippogriff Theater uh, at PAX. Uh, come listen to us talk about Mass Effect. It's awesome. And as always, you can uh, hit us up at vidgamapocalypse.com. Look at the Post for the show. Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been a great audience. We'll see you next week. profile in the room god damn it you did but we're coming back for a break so that's true like an erection <laughs> <laughs>